we move on to the action from the weekend, the sports action. Uh, enough of that news. That's had nothing to do with sports. My God. Uh, <laughs> a little bit, right? A little bit, but unfortunately, a little bit. And uh, yeah, let's start with some soccer from the weekend because the leagues are well up and underway and a lot of interesting results going around. Uh, in Serie A, Lazio and Roma played off in a famous derby in Italian uh, football uh, lore. Lazio beating Roma 3-0. Kind of surprising because Roma had been doing really well and Lazio not so well. But a double by Luis Alberto and a goal by Chiro Mobile getting Lazio that big victory. Uh, Milan, who was in the league, beat Cagliari to stay in the lead. A double by who else but Zlatan Ibrahimovic. He is now three goals behind Cristiano Ronaldo with 12. Immobile is also tied on 12, but the perennial Cristiano Ronaldo at the top of that scoreboard with 15. Kind of unbelievable that he's still doing that. Kind of just crazy to me. He's absurd. You're deaf. That's just the only word to put it. He's absurd. And uh, in the most important game of the weekend, it was Inter Milan versus Juventus, the one and two from last year. And Inter Milan putting their stamp on their title race with a 2-0 win over Juventus. Uh, Goals by Barella and former Juventus midfielder Arturo Vidal. There was a kind of a funny thing that happened, Matthew. Right before the game, Vidal was talking with some of his uh, ex-teammates, and when he was saying hi to Gior- Giorgio Chiellini, he kissed the Juventus badge. And people were like, that's so weird before the game. And then he ends up scoring one of the important goals, and they and they call it now the kiss of Judas. You know, it, it's it's so it's so dramatic, and I love it, the kiss of Judas. I love that. Right, because he basically betrayed them. And uh, honestly, Matthew, I think we can kind of call it for Juventus at that point in the title race because the top three right now, AC Milan with 43, Inter Milan with 40, Napoli with 34. So they're not even the top three. And that third place is a whole nine points off of AC Milan. So it looks, Matthew, like we've got a Milan derby at the top of Serie A. I told you. I told you that's what it was going to be. Yeah, you did. And uh, you're you're rightfully so. And I'm so excited. I I took a bold claim. That's the uh, that's the greatest thing about this podcast is we can just say whatever the hell we want. When we're right, we bask in it, and when we're wrong, we forget we ever said it. Yeah, we 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 like briefly go about it, and uh, you know, then we never mention it again because why would we? That's kind of I'm 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 currently looking I'm currently looking at when the next time those two teams play because I guarantee you it's late, right? Oh, so Inter Milan. And AC Milan, the next time that they play is February 21st. So that's going to be a big game. And Inter Milan ends their season at Juventus. So Juventus could be the team that still loses them the title, uh, even if, uh, you know, they they don't win it themselves. So Serie A right now, AC Milan still in the driver's seat. Inter Milan right behind them and Napoli far behind them, but technically still in the race and uh, looks like it's going to be a good finish there. In League 1, we don't talk about it really, but there were some important games going on here. Lille beat Rems 2-1, 91st minute winner from the only man with a more uh, unique name than Matthew's former name, Jonathan David uh, scored the winner for <laughs> scored the winner for OSU. At least I don't have two first names. That's always I'm always happy about that. There you go. And uh, Lyon was in action as well. They lost 1-0 to Mets uh, on a, also a 90th-minute winner by uh, Aaron Leah from uh, Mets. And that paved the way for PSG to beat on on Hare 1-0, 70th-minute winner from the most uh, random scorer, Lavian Kurzawa, uh, scored the winner for Paris. 
And the top three now looks like this. PSG with 42 points, Lille with 42 points, Lyon with 40. So still a tight race, but Matthew, I think we were just waiting for that little turn to happen, and PSG is on top as we expected. Yeah, it's like I I hope I hope they can still stay in in the race to at least kind of keep it fun and, and dramatic. But it's certainly like once PSG takes it, it just seems ah. yeah. And all those teams and all those teams are are you know honestly pretty close, like top to bottom, where they just drop points more than than PSG really does or should. Right. And that's the big thing, right? It's not always that the big teams always win. It's that the other teams can't be consistent enough to keep up with them, even if and when they drop points. And that is exactly where I'm going now, the Bundesliga. I've been talking about how bad Bayern is. They lost the game to Gladbach. They were knocked out of the cup. They are as vulnerable as they've looked in three or four years. And what do the two teams that want to challenge them do, Dortmund and Leipzig? Dortmund goes out and ties Mainz 1-1, and Leipzig goes out and ties Wolfsburg 2-2. So Bayern grabs a very shaky win over Freiburg, 2-1. But look at that. They're 36 points. They're four points clear of Leipzig. They're uh, they're six points clear or seven points clear of Leverkusen in, in, in third. And it kind of looks like who cares if they're doing bad? They're still going to win the Bundesliga. I mean, it's kind of crazy that they're there, but... They're just as dominant as ever in that table, despite their bad performances. Uh, another little caveat, Lewandowski scored again this weekend. He has 21 goals in 16 games. The record in 32 is 40 by Gerd Muller. So he's very well on pace to breathe that record, 19 goals away from equaling it. Uh, we'll see if he can do it. Seemed like a record that might never be beaten. But, uh, you know, I complain about them, but they still look like they'll win at least one title. <laughs> Yeah, the the sky was really falling for. I, I could do nothing but kind of laugh at your uh, despair last last episode because it was like, yeah, they just had a couple bad games, Yannick. It was they're going to be fine. I'm not used to it. Not they used had to just it. been they had just been on such a dominant run. You're like, oh wait, that's that does happen sometimes. We don't always win, but yeah, I I think Byron will be fine. I I actually kind of I want to go piggyback or not piggyback. Uh, I, don't, I can't remember what the phrase is. Turn back. I got a quick question for you. Do you think? Juventus will be aided at all in their kind of Champions League run with not being really in the Serie A title race. Like it, it seems like, you know, every year they run away with the Serie A and then kind of have maybe not always disappointing performances, um, but not quite reaching to the extent, you know, to where they, they want to go. Do you think there's going to be anything that kind of aids them now that it's like, all right, we probably won't win Serie A. Let's let's put all our, our eggs in this basket and really, really focus on the Champions League. You would think so, um, you know, because if that's the decision they make, but it doesn't seem like they've been giving up, you know, yet. Like, Cristiano Ronaldo still leads the, the, the scores table, you know, and, and they're still a good team. My, my question really is, like, in history, we, we say that all the time, like, now they can focus on Champions League. That's all they want to win is Champions League. But when has that worked for a team? Because I've said that about Bayern all the time, where it's like, oh, they're so far ahead, they can just focus on Champions League. That's never been when they win the Champions League. You know what I mean? Um, it, it, I, I don't really know if it'll help them necessarily. But, but if they make the choice in their head that, you know, this is the year maybe we just put all our eggs in a basket. If they rest Ronaldo, if they rest players in the Serie A, then maybe. But I just don't know if they'll do that, you know? And, and like, I'm going to say, like, as much as they say we don't care about winning the Serie A, as much as Bayern will say, like, you know, we want to focus on the Champions League, losing the title to, like, a rival like that 
an Inter Milan, an AC Milan, a Dortmund, a Leipzig stings like you know and especially when they lose it head to head like that so i don't know if they'll give up that easy but it could it could aid them but they have to like take the steps for it to aid them you know if they're just like if it's just a mindset right I think they yeah, yeah no i mean if yeah if you're just like oh let's go win the champions league now that doesn't really help you but i think i i, I did i did mean more like strategy uh and and like actually kind of trying to say all right we don't need to like we're probably not going to make up this gap uh and they've also won i mean They've won what nine straight Syria titles, so I, I feel like I get it. You never want to see a rival win, but they've also, I mean, like they're the most historically disappointing team in the Champions League final. Like I think they're two and seven in in that. So like I, I agree. I mean, who knows if we'll, they'll do the strategy? But I feel like there's a strategy there to focus on it more. Uh, but yeah, who knows if they'll actually rest players specifically, Ronaldo. Right. I mean, I'll rephrase the my statement. I they should. I mean, they they definitely should. If I if if soccer was played like like NBA sometimes, I I don't want it to be, but like they should because you have how long do you know Ronaldo's going to be at this peak? And that's why you got Ronaldo. It wasn't to win the Serie A, it was to win the right? Champions League. Yeah. So, I I, I think, think they like, I think they had like they ha- they almost have to, right? Because yeah, like that's you said it with the Ronaldo. Like they didn't get Ronaldo to win the Serie A. They had won 6 or 7 straight titles before they got him they got him for one thing and like I, since you're already disappointing yeah just put I, the young guys out there just put yeah. the young guys out there honest they're still great they could still they'll still do stuff they'll still qualify you but you know the best way to guarantee yourself champions league football win the champions league win the champions league <laughs> so there you go and uh i yeah you know i don't have that kind of power over juventus but if you're listening primos at juventus we have some uh we have some strategy for you. It's called the LeBron technique, and it's uh, play, it's play the out. long game. Play the long game, exactly. And uh, yeah, let's move on to your league, the Premier League. A big weekend in Premier League football: Leicester beating Southampton two zero, Man City being Crystal Palace four zero. A very rare John Stones brace, uh, which I think is just funny to say. <laughs> John Stones scoring two goals. Um, yeah, weird. Weird, anytime, weird. anytime like a, a defender gets like two goals, you're just like, wait, what? Yeah, exactly. How? And, uh, how? What? what wait, is set, how many goal? set pieces did you have? What were you doing that day? Was it that easy that you just were completely neglecting your duties in the back? Probably. Um, but yeah, and uh, the most you know vital zero zero draw in Manchester United history against Liverpool this weekend. Boring, but it's exactly what Manchester United needed. The top three. Man U with 37, Man City with 35, Leicester with 35. So after the Man U, Manchester club started so poorly, they are now one and two. And if you think about how good Liverpool is, they're right off that top three pace and in fourth place. You think about how consistent Leicester's been. They're currently winning 2-0 against Chelsea. It'll be a big win again for them, um, one would expect. And, 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 you know, Man City still there. It's going to, I mean, you think about it. You have, oh my God, you have Bayern and Leipzig at the top of the Bundesliga. You have the Manchester clubs in a rivalry at the top of EPL, and you've got the Milan clubs in a rivalry at the top of Serie A. It's going to be a fun season, ladies and gentlemen. It's going to be a fun one. And uh, you know they're going to have to play each other in an important game, and I'm sure that's going to be a... That's going to be a lot of nerves. Uh, but, I mean, good for your team and there. And, there. I'll be, and I'll be begging for another 0-0 draw. Hey, that's all you need. Zero zero draws and one zero penalty kick wins. That's all you need. When you're well, plus two, like I was telling my dad, like I'm like, hey, like 
against Liverpool, they're they're the team that needs to catch us right now. Like we're three points on them. We like there's no gain that we need to make. So now, of course, with City because they have a game in hand, if they go and win, they'll they'll take the lead from us. But like you know, in that scenario where you're already the top team, like I'm, you're the one that has to make up ground, not us. Right, and it does kind of seem like this, Matthew. Byron does it as well. You have to beat the teams that you should beat, and then you really only have to draw the teams that you don't, you, you know, that are good. Because they draw Leipzig, they barely beat Dortmund. They could have drawn them too, and still would be good. You know, you don't really need to beat those teams. You just have to be better than them in the other games. Which, you know, right. that's it. <laughs> that's it. And I think it's a good formula, and will save Manchester United a lot of headaches if they try to like you know, outright beat Manchester City, which I don't know if they can, you know, it's, it's, yeah, I would just park it in the back and let Ole get that title. You know what I mean? <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Hey, at this point, I don't care how they would achieve it. If you, if they get the title, I, the style of play, I there you couldn't go. give a shit about. <laughs> there you go. I, I agree. I, I, I think, I think, um, and this is exactly what I'm talking about. Leverkusen's good, don't get me wrong, but they are now beating Dortmund 2-1 in this game. And that's it. That's why Dortmund's, as good as they are, are not in the title race, because they lose to teams they should beat. And uh, yeah, but but going back to Manchester United, I think that it's just going to be, I think they end the season at Fulham, maybe. It's going to be a it's gonna be a, a rainy day in Fulham. It's going to be a 0-0 game. You know, they're just going to need a draw to win it. And uh and and they'll be down one zero, and Bruno Fernandez will score a penalty that gets them a title. And that that's my that's that, that's my prediction right there. Bruno Fernandez penalty. That's the uh, that's the go to offense for that Manchester is. United. Hey, it's it works. It's successful. So why don't broke? If it ain't broke, don't fix it. If it ain't right? broke, don't hey. fix it. I agree. Go- uh, a goal's a goal, right? A goal is a goal. It's the best part of soccer. We can we can bitch and complain all we want, but a goal is a goal, and there's nothing you can do about it. Uh, but yeah, it has been an exciting weekend of soccer. Lots of exciting soccer coming up in the weekend. Uh, we'll talk about later in the week. But uh, let's move on to the court, Matthew. What do we got in the world of basketball? Yeah, we're gonna talk a little NBA here. Uh, not uh, obviously results wise. Not the most important time right now teams still kind of figuring themselves out getting their legs going the Warriors certainly are playing better um kind of the biggest news you know still from from the NBA is James Harden and the Nets he's played two games with the Nets they've won two games uh he was the first player ever to have a 30 point triple double in a debut with the team last night he followed that up with another 30 point double double and a win over the Milwaukee Bucks and what you know it was an absolutely great game um, and it's just it's been a really good start to the the Harden era. You know, him and KD seem to have just already such a great vibe on the court. Obviously, they played together uh, for several years in OKC, but that it's been a while. I mean, it's it's been I think eight years since since they were on that team together. So it's not like it's really recent memory. But the two are also just you know two of the best players and, and scores in the league. Kyrie practiced with the team today. Is expected to play against the Cavs Wednesday. It'll be the first time we get to see the the big three together, you know. And with the Irving, like it's a they should have basically an unstoppable offense. They're already kind of unstoppable with Durant and Harden. You add Kyrie there, and, and it really should just be we can get points whenever we want. But defense and depth, I, I do think, will be this team's undoing in the playoffs this year. I it, it makes me worry. They already weren't playing a lot of great defense before this trade. 
Uh, James Harden, I think, is a better defender than he gets credit for, but he's not an elite defender. And, and I think mostly I, the, the defense is going to hurt because of the lack of depth. Last night against the Bucks, every single player, ever, every starter, pardon me, played at least 36 minutes last night. Like when all your starters are playing over a third of the game, that's just not usually a recipe to win long term. And I think, like I said, I think what's going to happen is it's going to really tired legs are not good for you defensively. And so when you've only got, you know, five guys playing the bulk of the minutes, I think only one guy off the bench played over 20 minutes and they only went, you know, nine deep. So if the Kyrie thing doesn't work out, honestly, a trade to get more depth, to get more defensive help, I I think would probably be beneficial because I I think this team, as good as they are offensively, depth and defense are – are, are their biggest hindrances. And, and those really come to play in the playoffs when you're playing seven game series against, you know, the same team. Yeah, I agree. I, I, you know, it's going to be really fun to watch them, but I'm trying to remember other than even, but even in the warriors, when they were just outscoring everybody, they had Draymond, you know, they had Andre Iguodala, they had good defenders. So their second I, unit was insane. Like we bring right. in Sean Livingston and, and all those guys, like it was so good. Right. And so I don't remember the last time a team that just tried to outscore everybody won. You know, LeBron and AD, they did well, but, you know, it was AD's defense and, and LeBron's leadership that, that ultimately got them where they needed to go. They kind of remind me of a of a nug of like the Nuggets who like tried to outscore everybody. And at some point you have to play defense too to win championships. So I agree. I mean, if I'm I'm thinking about it, if I'm like the Utah Jazz I want to pair up Kyrie Irving and Donovan Mitchell and give them Rudy Gobert. I like that trade. You know, I I mean, you know, Rudy and, and Donovan already don't like each other. So, like, might as well. Um, no, but I, I, I agree. I think it's going to be a fun big three to watch. Whether it, it gives them the title remains to be seen. But, I mean, they look pretty unstoppable. My thing with the Bucks game last night, you're the reigning MVP back-to-back, and you don't guard Harden or KD – like, I get that maybe that wasn't the plan, but down the stretch when you're in a points game, like single points game, you don't take it upon yourself to guard one of those two players. Like, it makes me feel like Giannis, like, do you know that you're the you're, you're supposed to be on the same level as these guys? Like, I, you know, like, I don't, I didn't really get it. Well, I, I think he is. I think it's, I think because of Giannis's body type and the fact that he can stretch the floor, we, we think of Giannis as an out, as a perimeter player. He's not. So I, I think it would be like asking, not to the extent of this, but it would be almost like asking like Shaq to go guard the best player if the best player is a guard. Like I, Gian, Giannis can do a ton of great stuff. He doesn't really have the quickness to keep up with a guy like Durant or Harden. So I, I think it probably was the right strategy because he really is a low post player. Like I know he can stretch the floor. I know he can dribble it, but like he, he's not he's not a perimeter player. So I, I think it was probably the right call. Uh, I also think like Giannis is one of those guys that's he's so – impactful with help defense that sometimes that works a little better where like then he can come and he's so long that he, he doesn't have to be even be near you to take a step and and help d- defensively you know and impact the shot just a little bit so I, I think that was probably you know the thinking there just he is more of a low post kind of guy yeah I, I'm just always of the mind though like even if that was the strategy even if it's not the best thing you are the best player on the floor like regardless in the last minute like even if it's just one play which it ended up being one play. Shaq, but Shaq's not going to go guard MJ. And they're, and they're the best play. Like, it, that, that, they don't equate to the same thing. Like, Okay. Yeah, I, I guess. I, I also will say, though, that, like, it was so funny and, like, great 
DiVincenzo was guarding KD for like a lot of the game for whatever reason. And it was so, he was doing so well, like against KD. Like it was like amazing to watch. I loved DiVincenzo. He's like a player. He's, He's a, dude, Drew, Drew Holiday was killing it too. They did They did yeah. a really good job. I mean, the Nets did a good job of they were like, anytime Drew Holiday was on Harden, they're like, all right, do a screen so that DiVincenzo will be on Harden now instead of Drew Holiday. Because Drew Holiday, when he D's up, he is, I mean, he was the best defender on the floor last night. Right. And honestly, like I learned much as much about the Bucks too, that they kept up with the Nets because the Nets were, you know, they, they could have laid down for the Nets. So it, it was good to watch. And I think best two teams in the East for me right now, Celtics, you know, too many COVID concerns to really be able to tell right now. Um, and like, it remains to be seen how Kemba returns to the team and, and, and what they look like past that. But uh, yeah, really good face off there. And I agree. Warriors look better. And uh, yeah, I mean, not, not like very important games, but Definitely exciting games to watch, even early season. For sure, yeah. Well, and I think, you know, the thing with the Bucks is, like, too, you watch them. And I do think this supporting cast is better, but, like, what I've noticed in the early season, and it's kind of what we said in the, the playoffs, is if Chris Middleton shows up, this team is really, really, really good. Uh, and, and he just hasn't shown up in the playoffs. But I agree. I think they're the two best teams. Some surprises in the East. The, the Bulls in the last five games, they've beaten the Mavericks, the Rockets, Rockets and suffered one possession losses to the Clippers, the Lakers, and the Thunder. Like, not not so bad for a team that was expected to be maybe the worst in the league. I think Billy Donovan is doing – it was just – has already shown to be a great hire. Like, to have those young guys, that's the kind of culture and stuff. We already saw what he did with the young guys in, in OKC. Uh, so, I think that's just looking like a great hire. I think the Bulls are only like a half game out of the playoffs right now. And the Knicks, the Knicks are the sixth seed in the Eastern Conference right now under the old Bulls coach, Tom Thibodeau, uh, which is which is insane. And like, I know the East is is, is weak and and everything, but no one saw the Knicks or the Bulls being this good. And I think it's a lot of credit to to the first year or you no know, new city first year head coaches in Thibodeau and, and Billy D. So great hires there. Uh, one other thing I wanted to talk, Yannick, was – in that Bulls win against the Mavericks, Luka Doncic got a, a, a you know MVP favorite coming into the year. He had a triple-double, 36 points, 16 boards, 15 dimes, and he owed the loss completely. Like he he took it all on, on his on his shoulders as, you know, you want a leader to do. He he even blamed himself for being selfish in the game. And I love that level of ownership. I love like your star player being like I need to do better. I was selfish. I put it all here. Because I think that shows, you know, the great leadership and and also just kind of pressure that Luca puts on himself. Like, you no, know, Luca holds himself to higher standards than probably anyone. But fifteen assists, he he wasn't selfish at all. Like Mark Cuban and, and the Mavericks were down. I think four rotation players, but like this team has to get some talent around him because he is way he could be one of the all time greats. And he just doesn't have the help. We saw it last year in the, in the series with the Clippers. He was doing everything. And that's why they were in that series. It wasn't his supporting cast. Like, Przingis was okay. But, like, the rest of that team, like, if, if Dallas doesn't start actually putting talent around him, you're going to be wasting away, like, such a good player. Yeah. It, you know, when you remove a player from a team and that team goes from being, like, a possible playoff contender to the worst team in the West, there's a problem. You know what I mean? Like when Tim Hardaway Jr. is your next best player, most of the time, like I love Tim Hardaway Jr., but he's a bench player in my head. You know, he's like a sixth man. He's not, he's not supposed to be your second, you know, it's your second. So, and you're right. Like I'm glad it shows good leadership, 
But it does kind of remind me of, you know, MJ doing it all versus like allowing his team to help him win championships. It does remind me of that. And uh, yeah, I'm I'm glad everyone needs help. Like LeBron needed help. MJ needed help. Like it doesn't matter how good your player is. And Luca is as good as anybody right now. But like you need you need some guys to to aid him in that. Right. And and I also think even the slight selfishness that you might feel about Luca, which again, I also agree with you, like fifteen assists, like what else was he supposed to damn do? You know, like come on. I don't uh, think you were selfish, Luca. I yeah. Right. But even even the slight selfishness that we might agree with, there's a reason he's being selfish because he needed to be, because there was no one else around him making plays. So like what else is he gonna do? I I I, yeah. I think Some selfishness yeah. was was required for them to be in the game, and like you get a triple double like that from Luka Doncic, and I know I was just giving the praises to the Bulls, but the Bulls are still a, a very limited young team. You shouldn't be losing by sixteen to the Bulls when Doncic has a stat line like that. Like that's absurd. Right, exactly, and um, yeah, the Mavs are currently not in a playoff spot, and that needs to change quick, especially if you want to keep Luka Doncic. You know, if you want to if you want to keep disappointing, you're just going to lose him, and then you're going to be the Houston Texans of, of, and still in Texas. So it's just like a problem of Texas, I, I guess. They don't want to keep their stars. Texas teams, yeah. The Cowboys messing things up with Dak and Houston already traded away. Jay, like, Texas, get it together. Get it together. And, uh, you know, just just a really quick note on, on the Bulls and the Knicks. I mean, you're right. So nice to see them, like, outperforming what we thought of them. And also put some respect – on these two names, put some respect on Zach Levine's name, an underrated player for the Bulls, really good player, and then put some respect on my man Julius Randle's name. I love Julius Randle. He is a baller. He's a beast in the paint. I love Julius Randle, and he deserves all the credit for that next that next surgery. He's such an old school power forward, and I Ooh. love it. Ooh, he's so great. I remember he played for Kentucky. It was really fun to watch too. Uh, in, when, they so the eight, when they were the eight seed and they went like all the way to the final four, I think, I mean, they were, they were, you know, or did they win? Did they, did he win? I don't uh, know. They made it, they made it, they made it to the championship game. They lost to UConn. Right. That's what it was. To Shabazz. To, to, to Shabazz. Shabazz Navier. Oh, I love Shabazz too. That was uh, a fun good, tournament. That was a fun tournament. Um, but yeah, I mean, great NBA play all around. Uh, and even though it's not, consequential for the playoffs yet it, we're seeing teams start to develop and it's always exciting and i mean like last night i had a free night and i was like i guess i'll watch some nba basketball on a on a random day but it was amazing like it was so fun both those games went down to the wire warriors came i back. love i love too how on mlk day they just have games on all day like i love that the nba is like yeah this is going to be a day that we like have a bunch of games especially for you know a league that is predominantly black uh, and, and a guy who's, who's done so much for racial equality and stuff. I think it's just a, a perfect marriage of like, yeah, let's celebrate this holiday with basketball. And I think Memphis always gets a home game. I think Atlanta always gets a home game. Uh, and like, I think there were games starting at noon. It just rules. Yeah, it rules. It's, it's, it's becoming kind of a staple of the NBA, just like Christmas basketball. It's it, and it's as it should be, as it should be for a traditional sport that is as shown to be such a, such a vehicle for uh, African Americans uh, in the in the U.S. to have a voice uh, for for social uh, justice as well. All right, let's move on to a sport uh, that is the whitest sport in the world. It's hockey. Uh, let's talk hockey from the weekend. Uh, <laughs> Cricket's over here, like, hey, no, not cricket. Uh, Polo is over here, like, hey, hey, and it's like, what are the whitest sport of all time? 
hey, we will have a we'll have a shay of that. No, we'll have a shay of that as well. Um, no, but uh, again, hockey even earlier than NBA, even less consequential. Uh, but you know, it, we're starting to see the early leaders going in in the Central Division. The Lightning and the Predators and the Canes are all tied on four. Not surprising. Predators have a good organization. The Canes had a good, you know, had a good team, good young team coming back up. And the Lightning, obviously, the defending champions. Uh, in the East, the Capitals um, are in the lead uh, with five points. Obviously, Ovechkin still still doing well. Backstrom, you kind of have a veteran leadership over there. In the North, the Maple Leafs are leading with six points. Matt, the Maple Leafs, we didn't talk about them in our champ, but they're always there, the Toronto Maple Leafs. They're always there. The Maple Leafs are my team. The, the Maple Leafs my are your brother, team. My brother and I, after the Cubs, so my brother's a huge Cubs fan, so I, I cheer for the Cubbies. Uh, after they won, he was like, we need a new team that has the longest drought. And I think the, like the Maple Leafs have one of the longest Stanley cup droughts. So I guess what, four years ago, we were like, all right, we're going to become Maple Leafs fans. I haven't done a great job of it, but I like, I, they got some cool looking gear. I need to get myself like a Maple Leafs Jersey. Yeah. They love their colors and their, and their logo. And also think about this. They play right now anyway, for this season in the North division. So there you go. That goes with your Packers thing too. It's br- and Toronto's not too far from New York. There you go. Well, there you go. Toronto. There now we have an excuse to go. I mean, not this season, but right. <laughs> in future seasons. Uh, and in the West, uh, we're the here Gold- for the game. You, you, you can't. You can't you get can't. in. Why did you come from the U.S.? Go back. What do you do? This is illegal. <laughs> you jerks. We shouldn't be here. All right, we'll just go to Niagara Falls. Whatever. Uh, whatever, whatever we need to do. Uh, and in the West, no surprise, the Golden Knights are already out to a lead with six points uh, in the West. Golden Knights, always uh, one of the best teams out of the West. Uh, some exciting series that happened this weekend. The Islanders and the Rangers had their New York rivalry series. They played two games back to back and couldn't have had opposite results. The Islanders crushed them 4-0 in the first game. And then the Rangers went and crushed them 5-0 in the second game. So that is how uh, that is how hockey works sometimes. If you've never watched hockey, your team can be the best and still get absolutely trashed on the ice because of just momentum. It's really fun to watch always. It's true. I, that's, that's what I love about hockey. That's why I was betting a lot on hockey early on. I was doing really well. And now I'm already just like, I think I should probably stop because it's going to start being like, it is, it's, you see a couple goals go through or even just like with hockey. Like I feel like we see crazy comebacks happen in hockey a lot. Like a team will be up like three Oh after the end of the first period. And you, you know, seemingly you'd be like, yeah, we're, we're killing it. Like we've, we got this game in hand and then they'll shit it away. It's, it's a sport I have not watched a ton of. Um, I've watched more and more in the last few years, and it's a sport that I just keep – the more I watch it, the more I absolutely love it. Yeah, hockey Hockey is such a fun sport to watch. And for all of you that don't like watching regular season sports and only come in for the playoffs, hockey playoffs, so They're the fun. best. They're the They're best. The best. Like, They're so fun. Oh, my God. They're the best playoffs on it. I remember like my, my big hockey friends like would always be like, well, NHL playoffs are way better than than the NBA, and I'm like, yeah, I I am not arguing with you there. I I enjoy basketball more for sure, but there is no argument between the NHL playoffs and the NBA. Like the NBA is basically whoever should win ninety percent of the time wins, and the NHL anybody can fucking win. Right, exactly, because it's like the Golden Knights lost in the 
conference finals and the Golden Knights were like the equivalent of the Lakers. It's like if the Lakers just went out there and lost the Nuggets, it was crazy. And uh, but that happens all the time. It's it's a fun sport to watch. So get into it if you're not into it yet. Uh, and and, and kind of have another game that was really consequential to me because it, it looks like a playoff battle to watch. Right. Islanders Bruins. They're kind of like two middle teams in that on that side of the bracket that could kind of make a run depending on how they use their talent. And it was a one zero win for Islanders already showed you they're real tight together. Varmalov was perfect on the night. Uh, Pajot grabbing the late winner, like with four minutes to go. So that's an interesting one. Watch the Islanders and the Bruins are going to be two teams that both have a lot of potential. We'll see who can I, make to- I told you the Islanders Atletico Madrid of hockey. They are the one zero. Oh, no. <laughs> They got O Black and goal. They got, they got. I mean, <laughs> oh boy, it's true. Matt makes Matt makes good references like that all the time. He 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 knows his stuff. He knows his stuff. Uh, and also, you know, we talk on the podcast when we're wrong. I'll talk about I'm wrong. I talked about the Oilers. They've lost two straight against the Canadians. And granted, granted, losing two straight doesn't mean anything. Um, but they've scored two goals in those two games, despite having Leon Dreisaitl and Connor McDavid. And it just goes to show how much of a team sport hockey is because neither of those players scored any goals or had any points in those games. So it, it, it it's cra- kind of crazy. Like you can have two superstars, which you no one ever has in hockey, two superstars. You can have two superstars, two MVP candidates and still be one in three. <laughs> That's just how it is. I was, I was equally, I mean, cause I, I didn't highlight them, but I highlighted Connor McDavid. And then in, in my highlight of him, you know, said how much I thought the Oilers would be good. I've been surprised. You know, like you said earlier, it's, it's early in the season. They've got plenty of time to, to play better. And I think we expect both those players, especially to, you know, impact the game a little more. But it is, it's been a, a slow start for, for them. Yeah, there you go. All right. Well, that's enough for hockey for now. And let's go to an exciting weekend of fighting. We haven't talked to UFC in a while, Matt. Take us through the craziness of the weekend. Yeah, I mean, just this this whole week from this past Saturday to the upcoming Saturday, lots of exciting stuff happening in the UFC. Um, this coming Saturday, UFC 257. I'll talk about that a little bit more later. Um, but I want to touch on the action from this past Saturday, mostly just the, the main card fight between Max Holloway and Calvin Cater. Last time we saw Holloway, he suffered – what I thought, what I think most of us thought was a very controversial loss to Alexander Volkanovsky in their featherweight championship rematch on Saturday, battling Calvin Cater, the sixth-ranked featherweight, uh, and a guy who's really been trying to climb up those rankings in the division. He, he's done a pretty d- darn good job. Besides a loss to Zabit in his last, like, eight fights, he's undefeated. Um, so a guy who, who's been, you know, building up some steam, getting himself, you know, trying to show himself as, as a legitimate title contender. Uh, so this was a big fight for, for both these guys, for Cater in, in the sense of, you know, he keeps on showing his chops for Holloway, trying to bounce back, certainly from a disappointing loss. And I mean, it was, it was an incredible fight by Holloway. He, he absolutely dominated all five rounds. He won all five rounds. He earned a unanimous decision over Cater. Uh, just the kind of performance too, that, you know, I think Max needed to get himself back in line for a title fight. Uh, of course, Brian Ortega and, and Volkanovski will be fighting at USC 260 for the featherweight title there. Um, but, you know, after that fight, Max is certainly trying to get himself back in there to get to get another fight with Volkanovski. I think, you know, we don't see a lot of rubber matches if, if the fighters won the first two like Volkanovski has. But since it was such a controversial 
decision in his favor. I, I think there's, you know, some good weight to uh, to Holloway maybe getting that third fight. But what's kind of funny to me too is Calvin Cater is is you know the upstart between these two fighters, but he's actually 32 and Holloway is 29, which kind of shocked me. And, and like 29 is 29 is pretty damn young in the UFC anyway, but is like insanely young when you think about how much Holloway's already accomplished in the sport. Yeah, I I I agree. I I didn't. That's I didn't know that. So I'm a little shocked right now. To be completely like honest, a child. That is I, a check, child. I had to check it like three times. I was like, wait, 20, 29? Like what? That's nuts. And that fight was one of the best fights I've ever seen. Not because it was close, but because I mean, I, people have compared it to Muhammad Ali fighting. Like that's how good it was. He was bobbing. He was weaving. He was having fun. He was he was taunting. He was telling the ref he's the best boxer of all time. I mean, he was he was kill. I mean, it was so much fun to watch. He had he's three- he's so much fun to watch. Oh my god, he was getting in with the mid range punches. He was elbowing the crap out of his face. I mean, his kicks were unstoppable. I mean, I felt bad. Calvin K. I don't know why he felt like he needed to stay in there for five rounds. I would have dropped if I was him because he he was done already. I was like, you lost every round. You're just very clear. <laughs> I'm I'm good, guys. Yeah, I, especially at that, like in a five round fight, like at that point too, like you're gonna kind of be putting or like you almost have to put yourself into a little bit of danger because like you're just fighting for a knockout or or a submission. Like if, if Cater didn't, I think like it was clear after three rounds who had won that this fight because Holloway was gonna you know three rounds to two even it's over. So like Cater would have had to really get a knockout or a submission to win the fight. It. It's a precarious spot to be in as a as a fighter. Yeah, and uh, was really fun. We hope that he gets that title shot again. He very well deserves it, and uh, lots of exciting stuff coming up in, in general in the UFC. I think it's been kind of a dead period, but it's starting to pick up again. And uh, we will cover it as we uh, go through. Uh, we always love talking it, UFC. It has been, yeah. As I said, I'll mention the the big fight this weekend. It is uh, UFC 257. Headlined, of course, by Conor McGregor and Dustin the Diamond Poirier. Should be another terrific fight. Uh, these two actually have fought before, but it was way back in 2014. Conor McGregor got a first-round knockout in that fight. But, you know, 2014 in any sport, I think particularly combat sports, though, is forever ago. Uh, so I, I think that result doesn't really hold much weight. And I think a lot of it, too, is I think Poirier's become a much better fighter. And I think McGregor isn't quite the fighter that, that he, he used to be. I think he's still got the hands to knock Poirier out, so Poirier will have to protect himself. But I, I, I think this is a great opportunity for Poirier to pull off the, uh, the betting upset, and, and I'm, I'm going with Poirier. I think Poirier is going to get the win by decision uh, in this fight. Yeah, I mean, I see Poirier winning this fight and then McGregor going to fight Jake Paul because that's what he's become is like a money fighter, which is fine. And you know what? He already set it up. The other day he was in an interview, and when they asked him about um jake paul paul's like whole you know like trying to offer him the fight he said yeah i mean he's going for the money and you know that's what this business is about so you know i i will see what happens and i was like oh so the fact that you didn't come out and call that ridiculous just shows us where your head's at like you're you're like i would entertain this it is it is true though because you think about it like who's a better fighter khabib or conor mcgregor khabib Khabib. like there's not a person in the world that can look at those two fighters and 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 say it's mcgregor it's khabib we, I mean, even if they hadn't fought, you would say Khabib. But who does everybody know? Conor McGregor. 
Like if you talk to somebody that's never watched a UFC fight in their life, they know who Conor McGregor is. And like he he makes a good point of like combat sports, boxing and, and MMA, especially like it is about how you can sell tickets and how much money and how much revenue and how much headlines. And like I, McGregor annoys the living hell out of me, but he knows how to be a world-class fucking showman. Yeah, I agree. But that's what he is, Matt. He's a showman. I, 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 I don't give him a lot of credit for fighting anymore. I think he had his time fighting and, and he's going to be shown as more of a showman than a fighter as he loses to Poirier. Right. What I'm saying, what I'm saying though, is to be successful, to be as successful as you can be in this business, it's more important to be a showman than to be a good fighter. That's true. Con- yeah. Conor McGregor has worlds more money than Khabib. More That's house, true. more everything. Like it, it, the showman part is how you become successful. I mean, obviously you have to also win. You can't go, oh, and 20 and, and be just a showman, but <laughs> <laughs> I'd like to see that guy. I could be that guy. I'll be that guy. <laughs> yeah. I would fill that role perfectly. I undefeated. Un, what's the opposite of undefeated? Un, un, un undefeated. Un, yeah, undefeated. The opposite? I guess just uh, defeated. Defeated. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Constantly Perpet- defeated. Perpetually Perpet- defeated. Perpetually defeated. I like that. Perpetual defeat. All right. Well, it's been fun talking, fighting about soccer, about basketball, covered all of the sports. And uh, we have one left, and it was divisional round NFL play. It worked out well for Matthew's team. Matthew, why don't you take us through one of your NFC divisional games that you're covering? I'll, I'll start I'll start with the uh, the Saturday game. I'll start with my boys. It was a 32 to 18 win for the pack. Uh, and it was kind of just like I said, I mean, that that Rams defense is is really, really good, but the Packers offense is just better. You know I mean, what what you have with Devontae Adams, what you have with Rodgers. I mean, it doesn't even matter who Aaron Rodgers is throwing the ball to. He's going to make them look good, and he makes it easy on them. Lazard, I think, has clearly learned a lot from 12. I, I, I think he's he's gotten so much better. I, I never really thought Lazard was going to be an NFL receiver, but he's his improvement, you know, season to season has been astronomical, uh, which has, you know, helped this team out quite a bit. And I think, too, when you got a guy like Devontae Adams and, and how – talented he is and how just skilled he is and uh, you know you even saw it with that first touchdown the kind of motion they put him in defense is key on him so so much which means there's going to be space in that field for for other guys like Lazard or Tanyan or or MVS to take advantage of and and Rodgers is going to find them Rodgers is not going to be a guy that's going to you know force the ball to Devante at any time at the same point I was really really impressed with Jared Goff I thought Jared Goff's made a bunch of great throws in that game. And a lot of throws, too, that like in his first few years and, and even kind of the Super Bowl year, he might have missed. But he was he was extremely accurate. The run game, of course, was great with Cam Akers. But I, I was really impressed with Jared Goff. And, and you know, I, I talked about how the Rams couldn't turn the ball over, specifically Jared Goff, and he didn't. Like They, they, they took care of the ball. Uh, you know, and then kept themselves in it for the most part. And I was impressed with Jared Goff, but it was a nice win for the pack. And I think just, you know, I think this offense is just clicking on all cylinders right now. Yeah. I mean, and you, and you talk about who they're going to go up and play against. I don't know. That team doesn't have a player that can shut down Devonte Adams. So it does. I, I don't really know what you do against the Packers other than outscore them. And granted, that's a team that can outscore them, I think, but it, it, it's going to be an interesting one. I think the Packers have, have for me, a very good shot this year. And uh, they host a game for the first time in forever in the NFC Championship. So there you go. Come to Lambeau and have to beat the them. That's first, first NFC Championship game. 
first NFC Championship game that Aaron Rodgers has actually gotten to play at home, which is nice. But uh, the last, I'm still terrified because the last three NFC Championship games, we got our ass whooped in the last two, and then the other one in Seattle, we shit the bed and lost in overtime. So the NFC Championship game has been a, a bad place for me in the pack for a while. But I'm hopeful. I'm optimistic. There you go, as you should be. There, You got a good team there. Uh, let's go to the AFC Championship game where it was the Bills against the Ravens. It was Josh Allen against Lamar Jackson. At least it was supposed to be Lamar Jackson going out with a concussion mid-game. Rookie Tyler Huntley coming in, trying to finish the job. And to finish the job, I mean, you know, try to finish the comeback. Uh, but really, this was a close game between two defenses that were playing really well. It was a 17-3 win for Josh Allen and the Buffalo Bills, who are back in the AFC Championship game, continue to make some new history for that Buffalo organization. And the difference was Stephon Diggs. You know, both defenses, like I said, played well. But Diggs, again, eight receptions, 106 yards, one touchdown. That was the winning formula. They didn't rush the ball a lot. Bills had like 32 rushing yards. I think they probably need to run the ball more if they want to beat the Chiefs. Obviously, there's a lot of questions with that game, uh, depending on who plays. Uh, And, you know, Tyler Huntley, like I said, he came in. He did decently. He had three rushes for 32 yards and six completions for 60 yards, considering, you know, just coming in for this first time. He kind of looked like Lamar Jackson, a little less talented, but he was he was pretty decent. I I liked what I was seeing. Um, But at the end of the day, the Bills were just the better team and the injury to Jackson was the end of it for the Ravens. So Bills go on to the AFC championship game. Yeah, that was, that was a nice win, I think, too, for the Bill. I mean, obviously, they had that tight, close game with the Colts, but like just kind of an, kind of an ugly slog fest, and, and they showed they can win that, too. I mean, this Bills team, I think, just keeps impressing. I, 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 I think you probably saw this as well. Greenberg said this last week of just how much the, this Bills team and, and Josh Allen is also just like a story of success for the franchise as a whole, of them being like, yeah, let's go get Stephon Diggs. Let's get it like – the the way that they've built up this team and helped their quarterback, Houston, um, uh-huh. like it, it's it it's commendable and it, and it's it's I mean it's what should be done you would think but they've done they've really knocked out so many of their decisions out of the park and uh, you know that's that's why they're here and I think I I don't think any of us expect expect this to be the lone AFC Championship game that we see Josh Allen playing. Yeah, definitely not. We expect him to be, you know, in there for the for the remainder of his career in the mix in the AFC. For sure. Uh, two guys who probably won't be going back to many more NFC championship games. One, maybe for sure. It was uh, it was the Saints and the Bucks. We already touched on, on Drew Brees and uh, wished him farewell. Wished him farewell because the Saints did fall 30 to 20 against Tampa Bay. And this game, you know, I talked about it more in the, in the, the buildup of the games. Uh, I talked more about turnovers and, for like the Rams and Packers game, but the turnovers were what impacted this game the most, you know? And we always talk to about how much turnovers hurt a team chance to hurt a team's chances or, you know, just kind of deflate your offense or, you know, just all the negative things that come from, from a turnover happening. But on the same, you know, coin, the team that gets the turnover has to take advantage of it. You know, if you, if you get a pick, if you get a fumble, you, you got to go get some points. And that's the biggest thing that the bucks did. They, they caused four turnovers, they got 17 points from those turnovers. They end up winning by 10, uh, including scoring the last 17 points. I, I think there's no way you, you don't equate those turnovers to the success that Tampa Bay was was able to do, uh, and, and especially too because like the start of this game, it was it was pretty back and forth. But it, it felt like to me, it felt like the Saints were in more control, and and then the turnovers just 
unraveled their their offense and and you know gave a little bit of spark to to Tampa Tom and those guys. So it wasn't a great game for either team, but in the playoffs, a win's a win. And uh, Tampa will be heading up to Green Bay Sunday, 3 p.m. Eastern time, uh, the kickoff for that NFC Championship game. I can't wait. Right. We're going to kick their ass. Right. I just – I got so nervous when I saw that. I was like, Matt's been hating on the Bucs the whole time. I swear to God, if the Bucs are the team that beat the Packers, it's going to be the worst day. This is this is what I've I've made for myself. I thought the Bucs would be here, though. I I mean, this is what I, I predicted for the uh, for the playoffs. I predicted it. Okay, I got, all right, yeah. yeah. Okay. Early in the season, I wasn't a believer, but I mean, like I, at the same time, like the Bucs got to play Washington first round, so it hasn't been also like the toughest road. Um, you know, a Drew Brees player that isn't quite what he used to be. So playoff wise, I'm not surprised that they're here. Certainly, you know, earlier in the season, but I, I mean, I'm still going to be a hater because we're going to kick their ass. Ain't got no chance. Should have stayed in Boston, Tom. Okay. Why don't you, you, you reap what you sow when you want to invoke the name of Tom Brady in the playoffs, but you do that. Uh, it's Brady versus Rogers in the NFC championship game. Uh, it's going to be really exciting, and uh, it's going to be an exciting game in the AFC Championship game as the Bills will take on the Kansas City Chiefs. They are here once again. Uh, they got a 22-17 to win over the Browns. Unfortunately for Kansas City fans, that was not the big storyline of the game. The big storyline was Patrick Mahomes also going out of the game with a concussion midway through. Chad Henney had to finish it. Will Mahomes play in the AFC Championship game? Do we think? He's still in protocol today. It's too early to tell. And do you think they have a chance if he doesn't? No. Yeah, right? Because I, I, yeah. I Mostly because I just think the Bills are too good, you know? Right, exactly, yeah. Like, yeah. If, if it was a different matchup, because I, I think Henny is a pretty serviceable backup, and they obviously have a ton of weapons, and even their defense has played better this year. I just think the Bills are too good where I think they need Patrick Mahomes to beat them. Right, and the Chiefs have a lot of issues, and, like, and they're all masked by the greatness of Patrick Mahomes. They are. They're all masked by the greatness of Patrick Mahomes. So I think that it's important he plays. We'll see. We hope he does. We want to see that matchup. We really hope he does. Uh, but it would be it would provide an interesting storyline if the Bills get a weekend Chiefs team and and go to the Super Bowl because of it. Uh, what that means for the Bills. What that means for the NFC uh, teams coming out of there as well. Uh, in the end of the day, it was a tight game, but. The bread and butter of the Kansas City Chiefs is Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey, and they made the difference again. Listen to this stat line. Tyreek Hill, eight catches for 110 yards, and Kelsey, eight catches for 109 yards and a touchdown. (laughs) Isn't that funny? They had one yard apart from each other. It's amazing. It's amazing. And you think about it, now going into the Bills game, eight catches for 110 for Hill, eight catches for 109 for Kelsey, eight catches for 106 for Stephon Diggs. So you have three just baller receivers who balled out going into this game. Um, Kansas City were up 19-3 to before the injury. Browns had two touchdowns to one field goal in the second half to kind of come back. They might have had a chance to win, but we talked about it. Chad Henney went in, ran it on third down to within inches, and then Andy Reid pulls the most Andy Reid play and throws it on fourth down to Tyreek Hill for the win. They thought they were just going to try to get them offside, but instead they get themselves to the AFC Championship game. That's why we love Andy Reid, isn't it? Hell yeah, absolutely. That's also too like just like I think that's the kind of confidence you want to you want to present yourself with when you're the, the defending Super Bowl champion. Like I like it's one of those things where it's like yeah, we 
We are the best team. I don't care that we got our back up. I thought it was I thought it was great all like all the way through. Of course, you know, if they don't get it and the Browns go on a win, we, we the narrative completely changes, but they did get it. And I, I thought it was I thought it was a great call. Um I I love Chad Henney. I remember Chad Henney, he's back at Michigan. Yeah, Chad Henney's great. We love we love the balls on that guy too. That run, he didn't just run it. He 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 was he bulldozed it. It was great. I loved it. I loved Chad it. Chad Henney's not a young man. No, he's not. He's not a young man. He's like, God damn it. If I have to start this AFC championship game, I'm going to be, I'm going to be pissed. I'm going to be pissed. I was just supposed to be sitting here. I want to get a ring. And if I'm going to get a ring, that means number 15 is playing quarterback for us. Right. Uh, And, and quickly before we finish our NFL talk, I have a question, which, which side, the AFC or the NFC is stronger? Which do you think, I mean, and, and I'm, and I'm going to, I'm going to preface this by saying, let's assume that Patrick Mahomes is fine. Uh, yeah, I, you know, we talked about it even at the, the start of the playoffs. I, I still go AFC. Um, I am, you know, I've been a, Bill, a Bucks hater, and I, I still think that the Bucks aren't to the level that the Packers, the Bills, or the Chiefs are. I mean, I think I think all three of those teams have been kind of kind of looked Super Bowl ready from the start of the year. So I, I go I go with the AFC because I just think the Bills and the Chiefs are are better than the Packers and Bucks combined. I'm going to disagree and go NFC, and here's why. Because at this point in the playoffs, you're right. I think talent-wise from the start, the AFCs looked like they have more teams there. But now we're down to the championship games. And what matters in the championship games is experience. It really does. And that's why Tom Brady has six rings and not three, even though his teams are not always the best teams. And the NFC has that experience and motivation. Both these guys... You know, they already Hall of Famers in their own right. They've been here. They've won Super Bowls. And these guys, as opposed to Josh Allen, as opposed to Patrick Mahomes, they don't they don't have time. It's win now or maybe never again. For for Allen and, and Mahomes, we expect those guys to be in the Super Bowl or at least in the AFC Championship game playing each other again. For these guys, for Rodgers, I mean, how many times he's had to take the Packers on his back to this game? Like, and now that he gets to host it, and and I mean, he wants to win that Super Bowl. And Tom Brady, we already know about all the chips on his shoulder and and, and everything he wants to prove uh, because the Bucks have been being hated on. So I'm going with NFC based on experience and motivation. Um, but obviously, talent wise, you know, I, if I was it was leading talent wise, I would go slightly more to the AFC. I think the Bucks are get better. I think with because of their defense, I think they're better than maybe we give them credit for. Um, you know, the defense won them the game. And, and I, I don't know out of the four teams that are still around, I don't know if if any of them have a better defense than the Bucs. You know, the Packers have have made plays too. The Bills did not look particularly great all the time during the season. They looked good against the Ravens. And the Chiefs, we know they kind of can be in between. So I think that defensive edge can kind of give the Bucs uh, kind of the, even the playing field. But it'll be an exciting championship weekend. Bring, up, bring them on, baby. They ain't no I, Rams. They ain't no Rams. They ain't no Rams. That's right. They are not. They do not have uh, Aaron Donald playing through like broken bones, like a like a madman. Uh, no, but uh, it's it's going to be an exciting weekend. We'll talk more about our predictions for those games uh, coming up in the week. But for now, oh well. Uh, speaking of that, we went. We both went two and two again. We both so went now, two and two again. So now we're well. I guess we went three and three the first, but we both went five hundred. So now we're both five and five. Oh gosh, I think I think. I mean, even as, even as possible, right? It's going to be interesting to see who we pick for these next games. I mean, we have to wait. Obviously, the AFC game is going to depend on Mahomes. I'm not going to pick. I mean, I'm not going to pick until I know that. Um, but 
we'll see if we know that by the next time. It'll be interesting to see if it's just like a toss-up based on if he's there. Uh, but yeah, that is all of our sports talk for today. That means we've reached the end of the show, which is, Matthew, if you would. Cool down. That's right. It's the cool down period. And we're going to start off, as we usually do, with a historical fact of the day. Matthew, why don't you start us off? Well, I, I did it again. Where I'm not choosing the day we record, but I I don't really care about that anymore because we record on a different day and then we release it on a different day. So as long as it's, you know, around. But on uh, January 17th, 1942, Cassius Marcellus Clay Jr. was born. He would go on to have perhaps the greatest boxing career of all time. But in the wake of MLK Day, I think we all can agree his fight for justice and equality outweighs anything he did in the ring from racial inequality to protesting the Vietnam War. His legacy truly echoes through American history. I'm sure most of you know, uh, while he was born Cassius Clay, he's far more known as Muhammad Ali or simply the greatest. Yes, love Muhammad Ali. I used to live in Kentucky and he's from Louisville. So that was always a big thing. I grew up with so much Muhammad Ali. Screw Louisville. Oh my gosh. So butthurt about this. I hate, I'm <laughs> never I'm never going to Louisville, Kentucky. I'm never cheering for them again. I hate that everything about that place. Okay, there you go. Well, my historical fact of the day is from January 19th, the day that we're recording. Today, January 19th in 2002, the AFC Divisional Playoff game between New England and the Oakland Raiders took place. And why is this important? Is this an, a, t- a typical AFC Championship game, right? No, it is the infamous tuck rule game. With under two minutes to play, New England was driving behind 13-10. to 10. Tom Brady fumbled the ball, but the tuck rule reversed it to an incomplete pass. Brady's hand was moving forward, but then he tucked it clearly and even made a motion to start covering it with his other hand when Charles Woodson knocked it loose. However, because of the tuck rule, ruled an incomplete pass, the Patriots went on to win that game 16-13 in overtime and, as you guessed it, win the Super Bowl in that year. The rule was later repealed in 2013 after numerous kind of controversial situations involving it. Uh, But yeah, today, 2002, the tuck rule game that gave Tom Brady a Super Bowl. You guys are so lucky. (laughs) I love it. I was like, I got to talk about this is my thing. This is my thing. Uh, let's talk. Uh, we're we're going to have a little fun segment here. We're going to have a little fun before the quick fire questions come up. This is our version of two truths and a lie. I've just been sewing, seeing so much random stuff on in news articles that I, I have three news articles for you today. And you're going to tell me which of these is fake because two of them are real. Shit. Yeah, there you go. Two of them are real. All right. The first one, President Trump. We know commissioned a bunch of statues uh, for the the Garden of Heroes, and one of those statues was for Mister Doctor Seuss. So there is a Doctor Seuss statue now commissioned by President Donald Trump. The next article heading: Gwyneth Paltrow sells vagina scented candles, and one of them exploded in a Britain home over the weekend. And finally, German Chancellor Angela Merkel in one of her press conferences, openly and happily mused that she hopes Bayern Munich does not win the Bundesliga again this season. Which of those is fake? Uh, well, I know I know the scented vagina candle is real, um, unfortunately. I don't why Gwyneth Paltrow. I, I guess it's not as bad as an unsolicited dick pic, but <laughs> why? Um, I'm going to go... I'm going to go with the Dr. Seuss one. That is, I think that's the lie. 
No, the Dr. Seuss one is true. There's a statue of Dr. Seuss in the in the in the Garden of Heroes, uh, which is so fun. Uh, no, the, I made up the Bayern thing because why would she say that about the best team in Germany? That would be why not? rude. <laughs> she, might not, she might not be a Bayern fan. That's true. She's not from Bavaria, so that could happen. But that was our version of Two Truths and a Lie. I'm surprised. I, I wouldn't be surprised if that last one was true at some point in her life, too, because <laughs> it's been the last eight years if at some point she said that. All right. Let's get to the fun questions, though. It is quick fire question time. The seat is hot. Matthew, are you ready? You you know I am. You know I am. All right. Bucks versus Packers in the NFC Championship game. Who will throw more touchdowns, Aaron Rodgers or Tom Brady? Granted, it's not who will score more touchdowns a team, but who will throw more touchdowns. It's, uh, that's a tough one because the Bucs don't run the ball very much. So I, I think I'm going to I'm gonna go Brady just because I, I think that the, the Packers use the rushing game and, and a little bit more, uh, and the, the Bucs really don't very often. Right, and you think about it, Aaron Rodgers even rushes the ball into the end zone. So there it's you true. go. There you go. He's, All the right. new Lamar, he's the new Lamar Jackson. Basically faking out that defender on the line. It was beautiful. He's sneaky fast, yo, like for real. He like, obviously he's not really a scrambler, but like he can get out of the pocket and, and uh, he's got, he's got some decent legs for, for his ability. I agree, man. I agree. It was great to see. Uh, so I'd mentioned earlier, the chiefs and the bills playing each other. We'll see what happens uh, with Mahomes, but the chiefs have, Tyree Kill, Travis Kelsey, two amazing receivers. The Bills have Stephon Diggs. Who is the best receiver out of those three? That's a tough one. I think I think Stephon Diggs. Stephon I, um, Diggs. I like I. Josh Allen's great, but like I, I think Patrick Mahomes, kind of similar to Aaron Rodgers, makes everyone around him look a little bit better. And I think Tyree Kill is awesome, but I think Tyree Kill mostly is just fast as all hell. Um, so yeah, I'm gonna go Stephon Diggs. There you go, Stefan Diggs beating out that. I mean, it's a competitive group, so I wouldn't have thought you had a wrong answer, regardless. Um, yeah, you could you, you could go. really make an argument for any three of the, like either of those three, for sure. I I think I lean Travis Kelsey. He's just so good and and like just so dominant. But I mean, Stefan Diggs obviously would be neck and neck there. All right, and finally, the Warriors came back last night to stun the Lakers, and they currently sit in seventh seed in a competitive West. Will they make the playoffs? And keep in mind, the Thunder, the Mavericks, the Nuggets, the Pelicans, and the Rockets are all outside the playoffs right now. I don't I don't think so. I just like Steph's playing really, really well right now. And the supporting cast is, has been a little better, but I, I still think that supporting cast sucks. And I like Steph, it, it's tough. Like, like we've said before, like Steph is just being a jump shooter, it's tough to always have those big massive great games like sometimes jump shots just don't go in even when you're Steph Curry so I'm gonna go now the Warriors will not make the playoffs there you go Oakland Matt's hating on your team and you're gonna have to deal with it all right they're in San Fran now screw them they're in San Fran now screw them they used to be so much cooler when they were in Oakland yeah, it was. It was. It was so much cool. I remember my dad was like, I'm a Golden State Warriors fan because I used to live in Oakland. I'm like, shut up. <laughs> that's not that's not that's nothing. That's not true. That's Hell not yeah. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Anyway, thank you so much for listening today. Stay safe, wear a mask, you know, have a lovely day. Keep yourself safe in these times uh, as we keep going through this pandemic. And as always, cheers, y'all.